It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's show. On today's show... I'm going to recap the weekend that was for the Reds in Colorado. Also, we're going to take a look at some of the things that Dick Williams said in an interview with C. Trent Rosecrans of The Athletic, talking about the Reds heading into the trade deadline. But before we get to that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and the Himalaya Podcasting app. I've also been made aware that I believe the issue with Google Play has been resolved. I know that it wasn't updating like all the way back since July 1st. So I think that's been taken care of now. It should be working normally. And also check us out on Twitter at Lockdown Reds and at Jeff Carr with three F's. Also hit us up on Lockdown Reds line 513-549-0159. Got the question for you. Who do you want to see in a Reds uniform come August 1st? There's obviously some you know, pretty easy targets as far as who you'd love to see in Reds uniform. You'd love to see Mike Trout, you know, guys like that. But maybe think about it for a minute. Some guys that that may be available, some guys that could really help the club these next few years. And we're going to get into all that here in just a moment. So to talk about the weekend that was, the Reds dropped two of three in Colorado in just another series that makes you wonder where this club is. It's not to say that they're bad. I definitely do not see them as a bad team, but I'm starting, I mean, I've, I have started, but I, I continue to see them as a team that is going to be there next year. Not necessarily this year. And that's not a bad thing. That They're taking the step. James has said it before. I've heard many people say it before. You don't just turn into a playoff team after four years of 90-plus losses each year. It just doesn't happen. And this is that kind of buffer year, the year where they take the step that gets them to where they need to be next year. So with that in mind, the Reds' front office needs to know where they are heading into the trade deadline. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But with this series, just an absolutely crazy series. Because in the first game, the Reds only score a pair of runs. And a lot of people talked about it on the wonderful Twitter. You can't just score two runs in Coors Field, in the the mountain air of Colorado, and expect a win. So then they come back on Saturday after a prolonged rain delay. Very, very long rain delay. I mean, I, I I went in to see a movie, and the movie started about a half an hour after the Reds' 
first pitch was actually supposed to happen. And after I got out of the movie, they were still in a rain delay for like another 30 minutes. It was crazy. So long rain delay and just in, you know, proper rain delay fashion, the game itself then takes forever because the Reds score 17 runs. The Rockies score nine runs. I mean, heck, the, the Reds had 24 hits as a team. For a team that you constantly wonder where they're at offensively, they have these games where they just go crazy. And, and they, they blow up and you think, well, this is what we thought they could do. This is, you know, maybe not exactly, not to say that they'd score 17 runs a game, but not to struggle like they have in so many games before. I sent out the tweet. In uh, up until Saturday, every game in July, you put them all together, seven games, they've scored 20 runs. And then I didn't really get a chance to watch most of Saturday night's game, and they scored 17 runs in one game. It's just crazy. And then Sunday, they lose 10 to 9. And if and if I were to put it to you this way, if the Reds, if I had told you that the Reds scored nine runs and they kept the opposition from hitting a home run, you'd have told me that the Reds probably won. And, you you know, most days you'd be right. But not the case in this one. Tyler Malley just couldn't keep them off the base paths, couldn't keep them off the board. He gave up or every, every run was charged to him. Four of them were deemed unearned runs, and six of them were earned runs. So not a great day for Tyler Malley. Tough outing for him. And then, uh, to make matters worse, Jesse Winker leaves the game in the sixth inning after taking a swing and complaining of a lot of pain in his side. Said that it was kind of around his rib cage area. And um, they, they took him out of the game. There's still not really any more details besides that. Said that he would get reevaluated today. So we'll see what happens there, but it does open the door for Phil Irvin, a guy that, and it's kind of funny that he had a six for six day on Saturday. It's he's only the second Reds player ever to do it, and it was an amazing night for him, just offensively going off. But it was about this time last year that we all started to wonder if Phil Irvin should be given every day at bats, given the opportunity to show that he could be an everyday outfielder for this team. And here we are again. And with Jesse Winker getting hurt, and he may miss extended time, we're not really sure. I mean, obviously the details still aren't out just yet. But there was a Colorado Rockies beat reporter that said that David Dahl, their right fielder kind of had the same problems a, a little over a year ago and he missed an entire season with complications of this nature now that's not to say that's what Jesse Winker has Jesse Winker could be in the lineup you know very shortly but we just don't know as of right now and it's a little crazy to speculate and say that he would be out for a super extended long time but this does open the door for Phil Irvin to show his quality and It'll be interesting to see how David Bell employs him, and it and it will kind of clue us in as to how the Reds view Phil Irvin. If they give him the bulk of the playing time, or if it's still a timeshare between him and Jose Peraza, because now 
the platoon doesn't exist. Jesse Winker is the left-handed side of that platoon. And, I mean, Jose Peraza, he's a right-handed batter, as most of you know. So it's not as if they could play them 50-50 based on the pitching matchup and all that good stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how the Reds play that out. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, going to talk about some comments made by Dick Williams here on the Monday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. This episode of Lockdown Reds is brought to you by Postmates. Postmates has a special offer for the Lockdown Reds listeners. If you download the Postmates app and put in promo code Locked On, you get $100 of delivery uh, credits, $100 off your delivery fees for the first seven days. So essentially, you get $100, you got to spend it within the first seven days, but you use promo code Locked On, L O C K E D O N. Postmates is a very convenient service to use whenever you need something in a pinch. Do you need something delivered and you really can't get to the store? Say you you got to have a sandwich, you know, maybe at a weird time of the day. It's, it's late at night. You really don't want to get out. Postmates can help you out with that. They deliver from restaurants, uh, grocery stores, depending on where you live, convenience stores, all kind of good stuff, coffee shops. Check them out. It's the Postmates app. Promo code locked on, you're going to get $100 in delivery fee credits for the first seven days that you use it. Check out the Postmates app again, promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N. We're back in the Lockdown Reds podcast here on this Monday episode. I'd mentioned in the first part that Dick Williams had made some comments to see Trent Rosecrans in an article that Trent had last Friday, and he was talking about how the Reds are buyers. And what that means, he kind of qualifies that because the traditional sense of the word for a Major League Baseball team going into the trade deadline, if they say they're buyers, they're looking for a couple of guys, maybe even rental pieces that's, that are going to get them a deep playoff run. They might be looking for a lefty reliever. They might be looking for a fifth starter. They might be looking for an extra bench bat, something like that, but maybe not necessarily cost control past this year. The Reds are not looking for that. The Reds are looking for a guy that they can hold on to for a few years who can be a part of a team that will be contending next year. And now he didn't come out and say that exactly. He didn't. He actually even said that he believes that the Reds are in the thick of contending right now. But he also buffeted that by saying, we're not exclusively focusing on 2019. We're looking for guys who can help us now and in the future. So basically I take that and I look at some of the comments that he made. He's like, we're... We're looking to, you know, see what's out there, see how we can improve the team. You ever just go into your favorite department store and look at the clearance rack? I think that's kind of what Dick Williams is referring to here. Now, it's not to say that there's a clearance rack of baseball players out there, but there are some teams that are looking to revamp their farm system, maybe do a mini rebuild, maybe start a full-on rebuild. Who knows? Those are the teams that he's looking at to see if he can get a veteran piece who can be around for the next couple of years and really push this team over the hump that it's coming to. Because the Reds are opening the contention window. You always hear people talk about, 
windows of uh, championship possibility, windows of playoff possibility. The Reds are entering that. They're not quite in it just yet. And I don't want the front office to look at it as if the window is open right now. They are opening it, you know, in, here in the near future. I think 2020 could be a year that the Reds could seriously contend for a playoff spot from day one. I never really felt that with this year. I felt like it was a hope. It was something that the fans could squint and see, but the organization doesn't need to do that. We don't need an organization that their strategy is hope. Hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a way that you build a winning baseball team. That's just something for fans. So they need to look at where they need to improve, which there's a couple of areas. There's not a ton. I've seen some people uh, comment on different things and then social media saying that, ah, there's too many holes on this Reds team to fill. And, you know, and some people even saying they need to blow it up. And I'm like, boy, oh boy, I'm glad you're not running the team because they've already tried that and it's taken them forever to get even to this spot. Definitely don't want to see them blow the team up. I think that if anything, we'll see a couple of guys dealt, maybe one or two, uh, maybe one or two guys acquired by the Reds, but it's not going to be a fire sale and it's not going to be a um, whatever the opposite of a fire sale is if you're trying to acquire a bunch of players. It's it's just not going to be that way. But I, I look for the Reds to surprise us and bring in somebody kind of like what they did with all of the moves in the offseason. I mean, raise your hand if you remember rumors and lots of rumblings and grumblings about Tanner Rourke coming to the Reds. There weren't any. Uh, remember any of the rumors surrounding a possible trade with the Dodgers? Yeah, there weren't any. So I think what the Reds will do will surprise us. And I trust that what they're going to do is going to make sense to us. It's not necessarily going to be a deal that we shake our head at. Dick Williams and Nick Crawl have not put together anything of that nature, at least to me. I, I don't look at any of the moves that they've made since they've taken the reins of the front office, and I don't look at any of those moves and be like, huh? I mean, heck, they traded Homer Bailey for actual people. And, of course, they're not the only ones to have done that. As if you may have seen the news a couple of days ago, the Kansas City Royals traded Homer Bailey to the Oakland Athletics. And it's funny because MLB Trade Rumors had an article about that. And in the title it says, A's get veteran pitching help. And I'm like, boy, you, you really got to stretch it to sell it as, as if uh, the A's came out on top of here. But – I mean, heck, right now Homer Bailey's got an ERA that's under five, so he's not as bad as he was last year. But just just the thought of Homer Bailey pitching in the playoffs for the Oakland A's, just, just pitching in the playoffs, period, not for the Oakland A's, but just Homer Bailey pitching playoffs. Let that sink in for a minute. That's, that's weird. Anyway. We're going to end the podcast on that note today. <laughs> That's going to be it for the Monday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. On tomorrow's episode, we're going to recap the beginning of the Reds and Cubs, and we're also going to play a couple of responses that I've had on the Lockdown Reds line to the question of who would you like to see in a Reds uniform come July 1st. 
Again, if you want to get in some more responses on that before tomorrow's episode, give us a call at 513-549-0159. Until then, my name is Jeff Carr. This is the Locked on Reds podcast, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 